You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Survivor recap. Episode two of Island of the Idols is done and dusted. And as always, we have a former Survivor contestant to recap everything that happened on this episode. And we've got our very good friend Billy Garcia. Hashtag bring back Billy from Survivor Cook Islands to join us once again to go over everything that happened, thoughts and everything else and more. So without further ado, here is our Survivor Island of the Idols episode two recap with the legendary Mr. Billy Garcia. It's another week of Survivor Island of the Idols and another week where we're going to talk about everything that happened and more. We'll probably find other things to talk about and what better way to do that Within the man that you love, you know, he barely needs an introduction. He is the legend that is Billy Garcia from Survivor Cook Islands. Billy, welcome back to the Oz Network. Uh, thank you once again for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm like that, that stain on your shirt that you just can't wash out. <laughs> I, I, I like that stain. It's my favorite stain. It's just it never, it never wants to leave. And anyone who tries to wash it out, I'm like, no, you leave that stain on my shirt. It has it has hidden meaning to it, so just just leave it. Um, but we're here again for for another episode two weeks in, and I've had some interesting stuff going along. I obviously always start off with a bit of a generic question and kind of just get a vibe, Billy. How, how are you feeling about season thirty nine? Two episodes in, you know, I thought I was going to hate the twist, uh, the whole uh, Sandra and Boston Rob twist, but I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised, that I'm enjoying it so much. It is, uh, it is especially when you get to tribal council and you get all those Sander reactions. It is very entertaining. It's yeah. I mean, that was one thing I think last week that I we talked about that I was not expecting to kind of have them being little spies, I guess, over tribal council and watching there. And it is, it's very. Um, I think we're getting a lot of memes based off this, aren't we? The first week we kind of had the whole, you know, fuck no, I vote you out, that's it. Um, and then now I think this week. There was uh, both her and Rob's shocked reactions, and I've seen sort of their faces overdubbed on roller coasters and all this sort of stuff. So um, it's it's quite it's quite interesting because um, I was when I was watching this with Mallory, she made the very good point that a lot of these people who are getting voted out early, they're not going to have a clue that they're even there, or they'll not know this twist really until you know either somebody gets voted out and tells them or they find out afterwards. So it must be interesting for some of these players watching this and realizing the whole time that Rob and Sandra were, were watching them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can imagine, like, uh, the, these first two players that went out, they get home, they watch the preview, they find out that Sandra and Rob were there the whole time. They're like, wait, wait, I didn't get to see them. When did this happen? <laughs> and then they watch the, the footage of Tribal Council where they were in the spy shack watching the whole thing. Oh man, it, uh, you know, on one hand, it, it's like it's 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 exhilarating that you were on a season with with Rob and Sandra. On the other hand, it sucks that you didn't get to interact with them at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, particularly like if you know. Uh, either Ronnie or Molly were like huge poverty. Uh, poverty. Look, I'm thinking poverty already with Molly. That's where I'm going. With. <laughs> um, huge Sandra or Rob fans. They would be absolutely uh, like that. Would be yeah. I'd go out there and all of a sudden I'd be first or second vote out, and I find out Brian Hardick sitting up there in one of those bloody things. I would lose my shit. I'd be like, come on, like that's not fair. Um, it's it's uh, one thing I will say. Like I, the twist, um, two episodes in, I think it hasn't taken over as much as I thought it would. Like last week, I thought it was maybe 
you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, like, I didn't realise Rob and Sandra were going to get confessionals, and it's like, well, you know, some people are missing out on airtime because you're giving some extra airtime to Rob and Sandra. But I have to say, two episodes in, it doesn't actually seem that bad. I think we're, we've got a strong enough cast with characters, and sort of we're getting a lot of these stories already, I think, with some of these players, that it doesn't take away from it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think that's definitely been a positive, that it really hasn't been the the full Rob and Sandra show so far. Yeah, basically it's uh, it's Ghost Island with uh, with a couple of narrators, Mm. Is what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, so, so uh, it, I, I, you know, I, don't, I didn't. I was hoping that they wouldn't take over. I think we were all worried that uh, it would be half the episode or something, uh, something extreme. But um, I will say that the uh, the the one thing that I'm surprised at is that basically Rob and Sandra get to dictate how hard or how easy this challenge is. Because mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you look at that that first challenge, you know, pitting anybody against Robin Firemaking, uh, with the exception of maybe Richard Hatch, there's pretty much nobody that could take him. Now, if you switch them out and put Sandra on the Firemaking, <laughs> I think this entire cast could have beat her. But uh, <laughs> So they basically get to dictate how hard or how easy this, these challenges are. So I... I, I don't know. Is I'm still I'm still not sure about whether I like that aspect of it or not. I guess I have to see how it plays out. But overall, I still like it. Yeah, it was, it's interesting. I think with particularly the fire making one because it was kind of like that was one of those ones where you're like, okay, you're probably not going to win. But at the same time, I was like, when did we ever see Boston Rob King of Fire Making? Like it was kind of okay, fair enough. But he did well, obviously. But I, I liked this week where. It was that social aspect. I think it's clever that they're sort of, you know, they are kind of tying into those elements of Survivor. You know, we obviously had the fire making, we had the social elements, you know, remembering. Um, Because it was kind of trying to work out what, if they're doing something like, oh, Boston Rob's good at fire making apparently, so let's beat him. What's the challenge against Sandra? Like, just as long as it's not you like i mean it's kind of that's that's the thing but i i like the way they tied it in and we obviously had that teaser last week with rob saying like oh you know dumb new survivor players they never you know i would have upped the ante for them they should have listened to me and she just jumped straight into it It was this week we saw that didn't we with like rob sort of you know oh let's spice it up a little bit so yeah it's it's it is kind of unique how they're doing it i also i mean next week looks fantastic where sort of they have to sneak into somebody else's camp that's kind of exciting but do you, do you think rob and sandra have an input into this or do you think it's kind of the producers are saying like okay this is what we we want you to do because i'm sure there's got to be i mean these are two survivor legends they've got statues now billy uh i mean i'm, I'm sure there has to be some input from them into what they should try out with these new players well it looks like um it looks like they have so input in that they get to choose who's the who's the challenge whether you know once once they get handed the, the challenge who's the challenge is it going to be rob is it going to be sandra so i think between them they get to decide these things um and i think they also get to decide like i said how hard is it going to be because it's them mm-hmm. did did rob have to go all out on the fire or could he have slacked a little bit to give to give his opponent a chance, you know, it's kind of they get to decide um, in that way. Uh, as for what the challenge is, I, I think all that's figured out ahead of time. Uh, just 
because uh, for production reasons, uh, they the producers like to have number one, they like to have a lot of control, mm-hmm. um, and number two, they 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 like to they, they like to have uh, a sort of story to tell. So if these are just random challenges, there wouldn't be a story. So there's there's going to be a story to this. I do really like the aspect where it's a randomized person going and it kind of just it alternates between the tribes um this is a a bit of a first when it comes to one of these island twists it's generally someone's chosen or you know somebody like that from the other tribe or they'd vote then and they're at the council uh at the challenge sorry so i do really appreciate this sort of hey let's put your hand in a bag and uh you know do that so we had obviously kelly going this week I like Kelly. Kelly seems like a a great character and sort of an interesting player as well. And I appreciated her this week where she must be enough of a fan of the show where straight away she's like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be funny if Cochrane was there? Like, I still stand by the fact last week that um, it was Elizabeth last week that went, wasn't it, that that she had no clue who Rob and Sandra were. I think she's walked up the beach and gone, who the fuck are these people? And they've gone, cut, no, right, this is Rob and Sandra. They're legends. Act surprise. <laughs> um, so that's, I think, how they did it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was hilarious, kind of like her, you know, dropping the Cochrane name. And then I loved sort of when she said that to Rob. And what did Rob say? Like, oh, no, we're better or something like that. And I'm like... Yeah, this is way better. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, look, I, I'm not the biggest Boston Rob fan, but I've got to say, Rob, you, you kind of onto something there. I, if I walked up that beach and I saw Cochrane, I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> it's, it's Cochrane. <laughs> you know, if, if it was Cochrane, I think I'd ask him for a job. I'd yeah. be like, uh, hey, you, you're working on Star Trek? Uh, you guys need like a, like a production assistant or something? <laughs> Yes, yes. Help, 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 brother out, Cochrane. Um, go up there. But it's I. I mean, what do you, what's your take on on Kelly and kind of how she handled things? Because it was a little bit more of a a decision made this week in terms of you know Elizabeth kind of sort of just jumped into it, uh, whereas this time around you know Kelly sort of had to think about it. Rob had to entice her a little bit more. Uh, I mean, how how would have you handled that? Do you think she made the right decision? Because it was a listening thing, and they kind of it seemed like she wasn't listening to to them as they were talking about their lives. Yeah, I, I definitely think number one, Kelly was taking a, a more uh, well thought out approach. Once she she was told what the uh, the challenge would be, that was smart. What wasn't smart was when Sanders started talking. Here she is; she's a legend, and you're surrounded by a pair of legends. You just kind of kind of just had that attitude of like, oh god, here's Sander talking about all her personal life. Oh mm-hmm. god, she had that look on her face. And I was I was yelling at the TV, you blithering idiot, pay attention. <laughs> they just told you there was going to be a chance where you could compete. Obviously, this is part of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, Kelly Kelly played it well. She, she won, so she clearly did something right. It's been a long time since we've had any form of challenge on Survivor based on memory. I mean, this was an early challenge we always had back in the early days of survivor sort of you know probes would tell a, a story and you sort of had to remember things and and kind of recall it and answer questions i, I like those types of challenges i have always been a fan of that but um it was i mean look obviously i think there was a bit of over editing there in terms of showing her you know looking so bored and listening to them i mean she admitted that she wasn't really listening but uh you know as you kind of said she, she's sitting there with two survivor legends are you really that bored like i mean look all jokes aside with Cochrane, if I'm all of a sudden sitting next to Cochrane from Survivor and he's telling me a bunch of stuff, I'm, I'm probably going to be listening because at the same time I'm thinking I'm on Survivor, 
I'm sitting next to a, a former winner and he's telling me stuff. I'm going to act interested. So, I, I mean, I did kind of like the, the editing shots there of, of Kelly's face. Like, she just looked like she wanted to be anywhere else but there. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she definitely was uh, looked like she was on her last nerve coming to the beach. Because, remember, she had that whole touchy-feely episode uh, or, or, or situation in the first episode. And so I think like her 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 patience was already kind of at at its nearest end at or near its end. So I think that played a role as well. And and we didn't hear enough of it as she was arriving to to the beach to kind of make sense of why she she wasn't all that patient with Sandra's storytelling. Mm. But having said that, you know I think fans are smart. I think they could put two and two together and uh, just figure out that you know Kelly, Kelly was already. You know, she was already at her wits' end. She was tired. She uh, she she was dealing with the whole touchy feely thing, and then she had to sit there and listen to a very long winded story. <laughs> um, yeah, so so uh, I totally get Kelly, but that's what made it great. That's what they, we got lucky that we didn't get somebody who basically was, you know, not 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 been pushed too hard and would have sat there and totally aced it easily. Kelly had to had to compete. She had to think. And so I think we got lucky. My question is, and maybe you can answer this, did we hear anything as to the rule? Does your name get put back in the bag? Or once your name gets pulled out, that's it. It never you never gets pulled out again. I don't think we've heard that rule. That's a very good point because they seem to be alternating tribes, but you know, can Elizabeth all of a sudden is her name pulled out again next week? Like it's yeah, we don't know yeah. that. That's, that's a very good point. So I, I would assume they can be. I mean, we've seen that plenty of times. I mean, Ghost Island, we had that, didn't we? A couple went back. I mean, it was a thing with Exile Island. They just kept sending the same people back all the time. So uh, I would probably assume it's open ended. They can just keep going back. Yeah, I, I, I wonder because. There's a chance, there's a possibility of somebody, you know, luck is always a factor, mm. of somebody getting really lucky and, con- and, and and always having an immunity idol in their pocket, basically. Every three days, every two days, whatever, having a new immunity idol and just, how do you explain that to your tribe? Like, they try to vote you out, you play an idol, you get sent back to a... Uh, to a uh, to an island of the idols, whatever they're calling it, uh, and then you come back and then you play another idol. I, I mean, how do you explain it? You can't you can't just keep saying, "Oh, I kept hitting the right urn." Yeah, like, <laughs> that at some point they're going to get suspicious. Well, it's kind of that ties in, doesn't it, to just when players decide to tell the truth or not? Because my biggest thing about last week was thinking, if I was in Elizabeth's position, I probably would have told the truth because. This is a little bit trickier to lie about, I feel, than Ghost Island because any, I think, Survivor fan would surely try to put two and two together when when you've got a title called Island of the Idols. You know, like, okay, it's a bit generic. You might think to yourself, oh, it's literally an island filled with idols. But it's also a case of why then would you come back and say, like, there's three urns and that sort of stuff. Like, if I'm there, you're there. We're, we're big enough fans of this show to go, like, okay, well, that that's just Ghost Island. That makes no sense why this would be called Island of the Idols and you've got the same twist. So when you've got maybe the same people going back and back, they can keep up with this lie because nobody else is going to see it. I mean, are we going to all of a sudden have one person come back and go, holy fucks, 
Sandra and Rob were there. There was giant statues. It was amazing. Then they all of a sudden look at Elizabeth like, you lied to us. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's true. That's a really good point. They could totally blow up somebody's spot that way, especially if they go several times and then somebody new goes. Mm. And then, then they come out with, wait a minute. You told us <laughs> all this all this BS. But if I were there as a fan, I would have looked at that tribe immunity idol. That is the ugliest tribe immunity idol of all time. Yes. It's just a, a couple of sticks with with, with, <laughs> with a skull on it. <laughs> and those two faces of two. It looks like they got it at a gift shop. Uh, They're paying Rob and Sandra that. too much money to be able to get the props department to make a decent enough uh, idol this season. <laughs> so yeah, so I would have looked at that, and I would have been after I'd have, I'd have got over the fact that how ugly it is <laughs> and how cheap it looks. I'd have looked at the two heads, and I'd have been like. Two heads. Then they looked at the buff. Two heads. There's something going on here. Mm. What's with the two he- island of the idols? And I would try to figure something out as to what that has to do with it. And whoever would have went from my tribe, I'd have, you know, soft grilled them. Mm-hmm. Like every so often during the day, just just po- poise a question and try to catch them in a lie. Try to catch something that contradicts. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that, I mean, I guess that's the element of the game, isn't it? Because, you know, you've always got that free will to decide what you tell and don't tell them when they come back. But, yeah, like, chip away, because it is... Yeah. And, like, particularly now, like, you've got a season like this where... I mean, this has never been done before, okay? So, like, you know, it's not like you've got something to base this on. But, like, in the future, if all of a sudden they try and pull a Swifty on us with something similar, like, this is, you know, first thing you can look at, to is to say, like, oh, okay, hang on a minute, you know, they did this with Island of the Idols. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because Kelly didn't tell the truth either. I mean, she said there were statues of a man and a woman. Um, cool. We, we're telling the truth there. But, um, you know, it's just, I think, like, someone like, um, you know, some of the super, the real super fans who are on there who are really going to appreciate Robin Sandra, like Chelsea. Like, if she goes there, like, you know, is she going to be able to contain her incitement? I mean, she's, she's obviously found a, a, an idol herself, so she's going to, that's a bit different, keeping a secret. But, um you know, it's yeah. That's kind of tying back into your point about like, you know, can these people keep going back or not? It's kind of just the reactions of different people and when they see them. Because I mean, do you feel that maybe at certain point when it's fairly well known that Rob and Sandra are there, that there might be a reveal like come merge or something like that, and they're they're going to be there watching a challenge or something like that, and then it's kind of just like a you know, you win, you get to go on a luxurious resort trip with Rob and Sandra and they'll give you some coaching tips or something like that? That's a possibility, but I think as you were talking, you actually hit on something that really struck a chord with me about the, about Chelsea finding a hidden immunity idol. So now that she's found it, she's got to be very suspicious as to what's going on on that island because mm, it wouldn't true. make sense that it's that she finds an idol on her own island and then you go somewhere else to find an idol. Mm-hmm. Like it would, it doesn't, it doesn't ring true. Like it doesn't make any kind of sense at all. So, of out of anybody on that on that cast right now, she has got to be the most suspicious as to what's going on in that island. So, I would say she's probably the number one candidate to figure it out on her own. That's a very good point. point. That's a very good point. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. So it's, it'll be interesting. And what, how, what's your thoughts then on, on that, though? Like uh, having, say, like Chelsea. So she's found a full-powered idol. There, there seem to be no rules around yeah. this one. This is just a standard idol. But both times now at Island of the Idols, the, the idols are only good for, for two or tribal councils. that got increased to three, um, which 
we've seen this brought back, brought in several seasons ago, kind of, you know, just the, the knowledge of an idol only being good for a couple of, of tribal councils, which I can see the merit behind it. Like, it makes you, you know, you've got to be a bit strategic early on. But does, as a player, does that make you want to risk things a little bit more? Because it's so early in the game. Do you, like, you know, Kelly's like, maybe I'm in a good position. I don't really need an idol for two or three tribal councils but on the flip side of that you could also argue well does it really matter if you lose a vote at this point in the game because you're in there's enough people out there i'm in a good enough spot where if i lose a vote it's really not going to ultimately matter so i don't know what, what's your take on kind of how they're playing these idols that they've got that people are risking things for an island of the idols i think it depends on the situation you're in because if you're in an alliance that's split vote happy they would notice if you if you lost a vote because they're split vote happy. They, they, they're counting on your vote to make X amount on this person and then their other votes to make X amount on another person. So would you risk putting yourself out there and looking like you flipped your vote or that you, you know, you're forced now to tell them the truth that you lost your vote playing this game and in, in, uh, in Island of the Idols and you put yourself ahead of the, the, the alliance? So there's, you know, it depends on your situation. I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping that now that an idol has been found, a full-powered idol, that now the advantage that they play for will be something else, mm. like an idol nullifier. Like we saw that yep. in the past, or or a steal a vote or something. I'm hoping it's it's not always going to be, you know, an immunity idol to where it's three days or two days, depending on how you negotiate. Um, just because I think that would get boring fairly fast. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I do. <laughs> I mean, this is the first time I've watched, I think, a season like live since, uh, I mean, I gave up a few episodes into Ghost Island, so I obviously caught up on everything. But um, I do always laugh now that they've brought in the fact that there's so many advantages going on that you have to put almost like a score sheet next to a player's name saying like, one, immunity <laughs> idol. Like, I think they should just have a thing in like the top left corner, like a, a sports score, you know, just a list of all the players, like one idol, one advantage, one nullifier, <laughs> like, you know, just kind of have a tally going on because it's kind of turning a little bit into that. Yeah, yeah, like those video games where you have, they have an AK-47, they have three grenades, they have, you know, yeah. what do they have in their arsenal? <laughs> Constantly turning it out that way. I mean, cause, I mean that, that's the day and age we live in in Survivor, like, I understand that, but, um, yeah, what's, what's your take on the way Chelsea found the idol? Because this is, this is a little gripe I always have with the way idols are found now it i mean look it looks easy i'm i've never played the game i understand that people talk that you know that it takes hours it does, never looks as easy it does on tv but i mean she's what collecting water and there just happens to be an idol there like it just to you know, me I would. yeah idols are about skill you need a clue it should be finding it it shouldn't just be whoever lucks on finding the water because that that is when you can almost question a bit of interference because I don't know how it works. I'm sure a producer could be like, hey, Chelsea, maybe you should go get water today. Like, I don't know. Like, you can put a bit of a question mark on it. I think just bring back a bit more skill when it comes to finding these things. Uh, Yeah, if you're going to have idols on an island, uh, I mean, uh, granted that there's only so much play, playing area. That's something that the viewers really don't know, is that you really don't get the entire island. Because... Uh, uh, there you need you need part of the island for equipment and yada 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 and all all this production stuff. Um, so I understand that they only have so much area, and that if you're somebody who's a busybody 
collects a lot of firewood. You get to stick your hands into all sorts of places just while you're collecting firewood. You get to step on so so many places. You can feel what's what's been uh, you know the ground has been settled for a long time and what's been moved because all of a sudden your feet will sink a little bit. So you know something got dug. You know that area got dug recently. So I, I get it. I get it. Um, but it does reward the busybodies. That's what we learned when Ben won. When mm. Ben, he found all those idols because he went out there and he was a busybody while everybody else was hanging around camp. and said, no, oh, no, he's not going to find another one. And, of course, he'd find another one and play it. Okay, that's it. They're not going to have another one out there. He ain't going to find anything. And then, of course, there was another one out there and he found it. And then the last one he found was right by camp. And if they just would have got up off their ass, they'd have found it first while he was gone deep into the island, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deep into yeah. the brush. So, so yeah, so this this is one way that, A, the, the producers get to make the game happen and keep it from being people just sitting around camp and sort of just mailing it in. And, two, it rewards the busybodies. It rewards people that are out there, whether they're working or they're playing, they're doing something. So, yeah, I'm yeah. okay with it. It's... It's. In, I mean, I the way I like it when they do it is kind of saying what you're saying when Ben sort of found it at the camp. Like, I like it when they bring that risk element. So when they find a clue and all of a sudden it is like, oh, there is an idol underneath your shelter. Because, like, I like watching that, you know, oh, I'm going to get everyone out of the camp so I can find it. Or, like, like China, when they, they were literally there. Like, they were just in front of them <laughs> and on top of the, the sort of the platform thing. And also, I'm also I'm a big fan of when they hide them in challenges. I think that adds an extra element to things, too. That's interesting. Um, and they did one in the Australian version last season where the idol actually was in the voting urn. So they actually hid it underneath. So they told the person, like, when you go to vote, it will be under the voting urn. Like, you know, it, there it is. So I, I kind of like that risk factor to it because then you get those epic moments when it'll fall out of your pocket or somebody will see you, like, getting it. Like, it's just... It is it's something that you accept watching this game now that this is always going to be part of the game, no matter how much of a traditionalist I or you or anyone who's watched it from the beginning might be. But I just I, I just get frustrated when it does seem, it seems so, like, convenient that there it is. It's just there. Like, Russell did ruin this for us. We all have to blame Russell for finding <laughs> these bloody idols without clues. Like, it is Russell's fault. Um, but still. Well, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Kelly took a risk. She put her idol in her hair. True. She 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 bundled it up in her yeah, hair. That's that true. was that's unprecedented. I I've never heard of anybody trying that approach. Yeah. Of well, course, I shaved my head, so now nah. I'm like, I mean, I gotta grow my hair to go back on Survivor now. <laughs> Can you grow your hair back? I don't. I don't think I've ever seen you with hair except for some of your older photos. My very 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 older photos. <laughs> I used to have hair down down to my to my. Uh, Past my shoulders, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for for a million dollars, I'll grow it back down to my shoulders again. <laughs> it's usually the opposite. It's usually, oh, for a million dollars, I'll shave my hair off. You're you're going oh, for a million dollars, I'll I'll grow my hair. That works. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a good point. Like I like it when they sort of come up with these new ways because. Um, you know, like, we, we have now players literally saying, like, hey, like, check check my bags. Like, you know, was it Jason, like, dumping out all of his stuff and, like, you know, do you want to strip search me? And they're all like, no, no, we don't, no, 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 no. But that, that just reminds <laughs> me of the, um, 
the famous story with Richard Hatch on All Stars that they basically caught him smuggling in what was it like a flint or matches up his bum uh, going into oh, that season. God. So like, are we are we only a season or two away from having like somebody smuggling an idol up their ass or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, well, well, if, if the idol is as small as the one that Kelly got, yes. <laughs> I would I would totally like shove it down the front of my pants. I'd be like, I'd be like, hey man, there's just women around here, like half naked. And <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm only human. <laughs> come on, Billy. Come on, Billy. You he want won- that to be a nice big idol because then people would believe <laughs> that there's nothing down there. Come on. But uh, yeah, I would, I would something that small. I would put it down the front of my pants, um, shove it up my bum. I don't know. I think I got too much pride. But <laughs> I think I don't think Propes would appreciate that. Like, hang on a minute, Jeff. I've got something here. Hang on. Oh, there it is. Oh, yep. Oh, oh, there we go. Yep. Got an idol. Jeff would be like, put that thing in the fire right now. I'm not touching that. <laughs> like, <laughs> idols are nullified if they've got poo on them. Uh, it's, it's that simple. <laughs> put it in the fire. I ain't touching that. Um, yeah, but the best part for me would be when I was like. Time uh, anybody has an idol, now's the time to play it. And I pull it out and I go, oh, wait, wrong one. Here, here we go. <laughs> wow. That, that's not the idol. Hold on, hold yeah, on. That, that, I grabbed the wrong it. thing there. Sorry, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that hamster's not meant to come out yet. What's going on? Um, now, one thing, the very beginning of the episode, when we, when we came back from Tribal uh, with Lero, Vince kind of uh, let fly. I wouldn't say let fly so much, but... For someone who seemed a bit quiet and unassuming, he kind of was going to hold back a little bit. Then all of a sudden, you know, expressed a bit of frustration there. So if you know, oh, why did I get voted for? It's it's something that is, again, as a Monday morning quarterback, it's all well good to say, like, just calm down, come back. Don't, you know, call yourself out. Like, just move through the game. But had you survived your tribal and you got a couple of votes, I mean, you obviously were aware that you were, you know, getting votes, but had you not been aware, you come back, is it smart to all of a sudden be a bit, you know, like a bit Rupert, who the hell voted for me? Like to that extent. (laughs) Uh, I would say it's not smart. You know, it's all right to feel that way, but you should hold it in. You should be the, uh, you should be the only one that knows that, or at least that, uh, that here's, here's that being expressed inside your head. But I can tell you that um, when I was at the Ponderosa after being voted out, in spite of the fact that I knew it was coming, I was still very butthurt. Um, <laughs> not because of an and, idol. And for, <laughs> not, <laughs> not because of an idol. Uh, but uh, us Americans, we like to say butthurt as a way to say that's what happens when you get, get your ass kicked or get knocked on your ass. You yep. know, your butthurt is not just regular hurt. Uh, <laughs> it's It's... it's it hurts and it hurts your pride. So uh, I think that's what happened here. He, he was butt hurt, <laughs> and he was ex- he was expressing it. It's okay if he's planning to to totally stick it to his tribe and jump sides at the merge. It's not okay for him to go around and tell everybody he's gonna he's gonna you know, cut all their throats and and stab them all in their back and pay them all back and get revenge and whatever else he was trying to convey. But he should have kept all that to himself. It's. I mean, the thing, though, too, to look into something like this is that generally something like this is shown 
for a reason. And obviously, as you just kind of alluding to there, you know, maybe he's going to be this way because of something like coming like that in the merge. He's going to switch it up. We saw a preview next week that it seems like he is going to be, things are going to be happening around him. So do you, are you the type of person who sort of reads the edit a little bit as to say like, okay, well, this is the reason why we saw this because this is laying some foundations or something moving forward with Vince? Oh, no question that uh, I, I've, I've always said the, the, that the Survivor edit isn't necessarily who won. Like, I always hear mm. the winner's edit. I think it's what's the story. That's the edit. Mm-hmm. They're telling a story. And so, uh, yeah, if it's in the edit, then it's that's going to be the story. It's part of the story. It's foreshadowing or or it's a, it's a misdirection, one of the two. Um, it's always exciting when it's a misdirection. But in this case, I think it's foreshadowing. How, how do you think he's going to fare there moving forward? Because I know we, we talked a little bit about him, obviously, in the preview episode. But, I mean, he's been an interesting one to kind of... Because it, it did kind of see a little bit random last week with him being targeted because I didn't feel there was a whole lot of that shown. But, I mean, I, I like Vince. I, I mean, there really is no one I don't like. I feel like I'm saying that for everyone. But, legitimately, this is a good cast. And I feel there's nobody there I really don't like. So, um, yeah, how do you think Vince is going to go moving forward? See, the problem with Vince is that he was only guilty by association. Mm. It wasn't that he did anything. It's that our poker player didn't play good poker. (laughs) (laughs) Not a surprise there. I mean, once again, keeps that trend going of poker players sucking at this game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, yeah, Vince is just guilty by association. Um, He needs to figure that out. The sooner he figures that out, the sooner he gets himself out of trouble because we're still in a part of the game or being a physical threat is a good thing. Mm-hmm. What, you know, if he doesn't figure that out soon, then as the game shifts and being a physical threat is a bad thing, then that it's just going to pile on on him for just another reason to vote him out. The, the whole notion of this physical threat and particularly this early on in the game you still hear that you heard that last week with Ronnie and everything that you know, oh I'm a strong player, you know, you lose me, we're going to suck at challenges. I always find that an interesting argument when you lose because at the end of the day, you lost the challenge with these supposed physical threats. So is that <laughs> is that a valid argument? I mean, Billy, you were on the back of a vote, which kind of, you know, came down to some of that. So, like, you've, you've been there. You've experienced that argument. Like, I, I just don't know if that's a logical argument when you've already fucking lost. Uh, not only that, but the best part was that his tribe won without him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was a, that was a swift kick in the nads. Yeah. I'm sure he was standing at the Ponderosa waiting to see the Billy Apocalypse <laughs> happen, where all his former tribe mates, one after the other, come come to the Ponderosa, and nope, it's from the other tribe. Yeah. That that's that's a kick in the pride right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 crazy. It really is. Um, but it, it's always interesting because yeah, like I mean, we remember back in Marquesas, like when Hunter got voted out. What like second or third? Like that was the biggest shock ever. Like oh my god, this you know Air Force guy. How how dumb are they? It's like you know what's going on. I mean, we're long past those days where that sort yeah. of thing is is a huge shock, of course. But um. Yeah, like, I mean, Ronnie was the first male voted out first, I think, since Ko Rong. So, like, it had been a long time since we'd had a male voted out first as well. So, uh, it, it was definitely interesting. One person I want to quickly talk about with Lero, though, because, I mean, there's probably not a whole lot extra to talk about them. Um, 
Tom, my, my Canadian man. Like, here he is. Like, <laughs> uh, he's doing a lot better than I thought he was going to do. I, I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's getting a few confessionals here. He's getting a bit of an edit. But I, I'm also loving just hearing him talk because having a Canadian accent on this show is just making me happy. Like, this guy, like... <laughs> Just sounds the part. I mean, are you a Tom fan? Have you appreciated him, disliked him more? What are your thoughts on him kind of two episodes in? I like him. I like him. Uh, I was a little bit worried early on because he, he was starting to sound a little bit bossy, mm. but he backed off from it. He uh, he caught himself. So, uh, yeah, I'm liking him. Uh, you know, he, he's on a tribe where there's other stuff going on that he's not swept up into. Mm-hmm. So that that looks good. I think that means that we're going to see more of him at uh, getting closer to the merge or around that time. So that means he, he, he survived to that point. So, yeah, it, it's great. I also like that not just that he's Canadian, but he, that he's an older guy. Yeah. The older guys, you know, it's, traditionally in any any reality vote-out game, they get creamed early. So to see him not even not even getting his name brought up at this point – I'm like, bravo, like, I think players are figuring it out that the older guy is not the threat. If you want to win, ignore the older guy. Go after the guys that are going to keep you from from saving yourself by winning immunity later on. Which I think... It's, we obviously talked in the preview about the fact that this is quite an older cast, maybe, than we're used to recently... And I mean, we saw a little bit about that last week, sort of with Elaine, maybe on the age. That was more so, obviously, about her personality. And then we had a bit of discussion last week too with Janet, kind of saying that you know I'm an older woman, I could be targeted. But I mean, there was no target on on Janet's back this week. So like, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, I like this fact that this isn't brought back you know I mean, it's kind of tied into that fact before saying about how long gone are the days where you know oh we can't vote out the strong physical male early on like it's kind of like it's it's just gone like that notion is gone and i, I like this that seemingly at least in this season that oh let's get rid of them because they're old they're going to be uh you know something that's not going to work for our tribe so yeah i i'm, I'm completely with you i i like that and yeah it, it, it's it's a it's a refreshing thing to see i think in this game and I think also that it helps that the challenges, especially in the second episode, the challenge chosen has less to do with physical physical or physicality and more mm-hmm. to do with a choice, whether you go with management or you go with randomness. And management will always win. And that's what won the challenge in this case is management, where you had a strategy of where uh, you were placing your people around the ladder as opposed to where you just happen to be standing in relation to the ladder when it's time to hold it up. So I think that is showing that even if you're big and strong, it's not going to help you. That mm-hmm. it's really – you have to be very strategic and you have to have the right people in the right places. And in the case of, of Vince, he actually, he actually benefited in that instead of having two of the same parts, now he's – the lone guy of that one part. Now he has value, and that's always better. That's uh, and and I think that's also why uh, um, we're seeing like Elaine thriving is because she she's very different from everybody else, and so you tend to appreciate like okay she brings something different to the table. She's not expendable when you have two or three of the same type, same uh, archetypes. They're expendable. Two of them will be expendable. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's it's also too um I also feel it's been a long time in Survivor since challenges have really played a huge factor in I guess not only the narrative of the show, but also who is voted out. I mean, yeah, you do get the occasional one sort of in this part of the game where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I fucked up, guys. You know, I, I'm, I'm in trouble because I fucked up that challenge. But, uh, I mean, yeah, again, it's not that emphasis, I think, kind of on that. I mean, I, I, I think we've talked a lot on this show in the last few years about how challenges really now just almost feel like a side moment of an episode like it, it just it just doesn't seem what it used to be and that's probably also a lot to put into it how particularly at the, the merge stage the challenges are kind of the same like they just they know that it's just they're not what they used to be so and like one thing too like obviously in a season like this where you've got such a an emphasis on island of the idols they don't have time now to have a reward and a an immunity so they combine them I I don't like that personally. I always like the reward challenges. That's just me. But I can understand that from a production point of view that, you know, if you've got a reward and immunity and Island of the Idols, you're not getting to the, the juicy bits of strategy and kind of uh, things like that, which obviously is what people really watch this show for now. Yeah, they should just add a half hour to the show, Link. Yeah. <laughs> well, hang on. Half- now, Australian Survivor does that, and it's a too long. So, like, there's a middle ground there somewhere. <laughs> Balance well, I, it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that having that extra half hour, even if you didn't have Island of the Idols, you would get more strategy, and you would get more character development. But even more so with Island of the Idols now, now you can have the reward, the immunity, and uh, the the uh, advantage challenge, so you would actually fill up a lot of space with all these challenges. So it would it, it would be fast paced still. It wouldn't be uh, a lot of sitting around and staring at fire and going, "Well, here we are." Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so fascinating, though. Like I think in this day and age of Survivor, too, because I mean, you know, we, we, we've been there from the beginning. We, we've seen it. We've kind of watched it develop, but. We obviously live in an age now where so many fans of this show, I'd probably even maybe say the majority of fans, didn't watch this from the beginning. So they've picked it up at a point now where how we watch this show is kind of what they're used to. So when they go back and watch a Borneo, you know, an Amazon, even Cook Islands, like, and they kind of see how it is different, like... I find a lot of people are complaining more about the older seasons than they used to because they're just so used to this flashier, newer, strategic version of the game, which I don't know how you feel as a fan. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by that because, you know, there's been lots of debates going on recently about Australian Survivor and kind of how it compares to the US. A lot of people are, are more fans of the Australian one now than the US one because I don't know why, but hey, that's their opinion. But I recently have watched uh, the... The season two of Australian Survivor, which was like a celebrity version done in 2006, and I'm also in the process of rewatching the very first Australian Survivor they did back in 2002. So it's still very much like in that Borneo Australian Outback style of the the slower burn, more talking. You know, oh my god, we're, we're without food and I can't you know survive without water. Those sort of days. Again, I can appreciate that. I, I love that because I remember that from watching. That's what drew you into the show back in 2002 because it was so new and fresh. But then at the same time, I can see why some of these newer fans are watching this going, oh, my God, this is so boring. Like, you know, where's the idol? Where's this? Where's that? So how do you fall into that category? I mean, I don't know if you often go back and watch any of the older seasons, but d- do you feel as though it's kind of we've got this spread in the Survivor community now where we, we don't have these people appreciating where this show began back in the older days? Yeah, the older Survivor focused on the on su- the Survive part of Survivor. 
And the new the new version focuses on the outwit outlast I'll play. Or I said it backwards. Outwit I'll play outlast. <laughs> oh, there's gonna be a lot of Survivor fans like no, yeah. no, no, right. no. Hashtag don't bring <laughs> Billy back now. He doesn't know this show. Like no, nah. no. Nah. <laughs> well, they changed the logo. They don't put the lo- they don't put that up there. On, That's true. Uh, they just put Survivor in the name of the season. I'm like, oh, yeah, we need the logo back. Yep. But uh, anyways, but yeah, that's pretty much how it is. It's the the older Survivor seasons really focuses on on the experience. Uh, you know, one of the things I used to say back in the days that Survivor isn't a game you play; it's a experience you live. Today, it's a game you play, and and if you if if you stop and enjoy the experience, you're probably going to get voted out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's very different in that sense. Um, personally. I would do better in today's Survivor because I showed up playing right off the get the get go, and then I got the not only from my from my tribe mates but even from production I was treated like I was a villain, like ah oh, like I was such a scumbag for wanting to make an alliance, like how dare I how dare I try to make an alliance? We just don't you want to be a hero to kids? Like, that was that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I would do better in today's Survivor, but. I understand, like, the people that love the older Survivor because you got to love the characters. Uh, the the characters, I'm even calling us characters. The players. You're all actors. You got to love the players. And then when they got voted out, it really, really, really meant something. Yeah. It would tug at your heartstrings. Well, I know it was, um, I mean, a unique thing. Like, I love, obviously, we're all, you know, friends with a lot of uh, the, the old school players and the new school players. But someone like Mitchell Olsen, who I, I, he's a great guy to be friends with and follow on social media. And even this week, he, um, he dug up a, a couple of old Survivor tapes and he found a story from Entertainment Tonight when his season was airing. The, the number one news story on Entertainment Tonight, the biggest, like, TV show on, on celebrities and entertainment gossip was rumors. Mitchell Olsen, is he gay? Like, it was kind of like this was the extent <laughs> of Survivor back in 2001, that this was bigger than Brad and Angelina and all this kind of thing. Like, it was just, it was that big. But you, you don't have that now. I mean, the last time we really had that was the whole uh, Jeff Varner Zeke thing a couple of seasons ago. But um, again, it's a different day and age. I understand it. But I mean, that uh, ties into next season as well, how it's going to be fascinating to see your, your Ethans and your Yules and your Dannys playing against your, you know, your, your Bens and your Adams and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's fascinating. It it really is. So uh, it's and it, again, we're we're twenty years next year. We, we are only. I would probably got to say season forty one. We're going to have our first player born after the premiere of Borneo. I mean, by then they're going to be twenty. So we're very close to that happening. Which that in itself is a huge goddamn deal to have a player born after the show <laughs> premiered. Like holy crap, Billy! How is that possible? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to meeting that player that was born after I played. Yes. That, that'll be great. That'll be great. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that the show is continue, continue to, to evolve and go on, and it feels like today we're no longer talking about when is this going to end. Instead, now we're just making jokes and memes about how long it's going to go on. Yeah. Back when I was being cast. Back when I went to uh, to the LA Final Fifty, one of the things that were being thrown around was it's season thirteen. How many more of these are there gonna be? 
<laughs> so yeah, that, that was around that period not- that Propes was rumored to really want to walk away from the show, wasn't it? It was kind of that middle period where Propes, I think, had had enough, and there was a lot of talk that he was going to walk away from Survivor at that point. I think he was planning on having a talk show, which he eventually had. And uh, <laughs> yeah, remember we'll that 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 was that. a huge success, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will get too deep into that. Um, but <laughs> love you, Jeff. But yeah. come on. <laughs> But yeah, back then when I was being cast, it was like, like you better get on now because there's not many of these left. And so that was season 13. Here we were all talking about season 39. <laughs> and uh, I love, I just love to go back to those old articles and comment on them. Like, don't you feel shit-faced now? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing, like the longevity of the show. I mean... I'm I'm a year away from moving to Canada. You know, long-term plans of staying there. Within five or so years, I can probably apply for citizenship. As soon as I'm a citizen, I can then actually officially apply for U.S. Survivor. Uh, so, nice. and I'm telling you now, I, I would much rather play U.S. Survivor than Australian Survivor. I've applied for Australian Survivor before, but I'm just hoping it sticks around long enough that I can at least officially apply for U.S. Survivor. So that that's keep 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 going for at least six years, Survivor, so that I can do that. Come on, it's all about me, clearly. Well, don't worry about it, Ben, because you and I are going to do Survivor 50 podcast together, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll come back and do Survivor 75 podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're always podcasting, and then eventually they would have cast everyone in America and Canada, and then we will end up being on Survivor Fans vs. Favorites 83, uh, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> like that's, that's where we'll be at. <laughs> that works. That would yeah, be like the car- Survivor 100... Like you're gonna get like like Rupert in Fair Play. They're 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 fighting for reward, and the reward is dentures. You get to chew your food. <laughs> Returning for their twenty seventh time, Rupert and Johnny Fairplay. Who the hell voted for me? Um, and then Johnny Fairplay's grandma's still hanging on. She's about one hundred and sixty by then. Like. You know. No, no, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be talking. He'll be saying, no, this time she really is dead. Yeah. She really is. We don't believe, believe you, Johnny. No, 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 this time she really is dead. <laughs> I'm nearly <laughs> dead. <laughs> I'm older than my grandma was that time I lied about it. Come on, guys. Um, obviously, Vikai lost. Uh, a lot of talk was around Nora sort of going home, and then we this blind side sort of got orchestrated against, I guess, the Cool Kids Club. Um, you know, and Molly can, was the one. Can we, just, can we just talk about the the big googly eyes for a second? Like <laughs> that was hard to look at. <laughs> I was I was cringing in my seat every time she'd get those big googly eyes. I'm like, Molly, oh my God, Molly's gonna, googly eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's they're gonna pop out of her head and, and hit somebody in the face. <laughs> The, the the most googliest eyes since Eliza, maybe like you know she yeah like that kind of yeah it's it's I think the, the weird thing with Molly is that the, all these poverty comparisons, I kind of think she looks a bit like poverty. Am I the only one there? Like besides the googly eyes, like I, I think there's a bit of a resemblance there. Well, she she definitely uh uses her charm or using her uses her looks to to charm people like poverty does, and I think that's really where the big comparisons were. Uh, which is smart because we, we were talking about it in the in the in the cast assessments that uh, you know some of some of these uh, younger women like how are they going to pull that off with such an older crowd, older cast, and yet here we are we have somebody pulling it off even with an older cast. It's I saw a very interesting tweet about 
sort of everyone just comparing her to poverty. And the tweet basically said, like, can we stop comparing female players to poverty? There are a bunch of other great female players besides poverty. Poverty isn't the only great... I mean, literally, one of them is on this season, Sandra. I actually think that's a very good point. Like, I, I understand, yeah. I guess, the comparisons in some aspect because, yeah, she's she's sort of... She's young, she's pretty, she's a bit kind of, you know, flirtatious, she's on the side with the guys. Like, that's very much a poverty strategy. But, I again, poverty wasn't the first to, to do that. I always argue Jenna Maraska was the first one to do that and pull that off successfully. Uh, and then you had other players as well out there who, you know, kind of did a bit of a poverty strategy along the way. So I think that was a very good point. Like, we shouldn't often compare every great female player to poverty. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how you what you think about that. You know, the funny thing is poverty played that way in, um, in Cook Islands. But then she changed her way of playing. In Micronesia, and when she won, she won with her Witches Brew Alliance or whatever yeah. they were called. I forget. But uh, yeah, that she was she was a total mastermind in, in, in that season. And then she comes back in Heroes versus Villains, and she's a challenge monster. Yeah, she's just winning challenge after. So she's a comedian. She changes her way of playing depending on who she's surrounded by. So if somebody's going to compare her to poverty, uh, I think that person better be a chameleon because mm-hmm. if they're just playing one way. Like I'm sorry, that, that that's not the way poverty plays. Poverty plays to where one of these times she's gonna play, maybe maybe in season forty, where she's gonna just stand next to a tree and you won't be able to find her. Like she's that much of a chameleon. <laughs> Which I think it's. I mean, that's that's a perfect point. Like it's that level of adaptation because people question poverty returning in Micronesia and and like you, if you watch Cook Islands in isolation. Yeah, Poverty was a fairly memorable player on that, but I mean, by no means is she one of the greatest players in, the, in your season. So I think kind of it's Poverty's legend status has grown on that ability to change and adapt. She obviously came back and won and then came very close to winning again in Heroes vs. Villains. So she's built that reputation. It's kind of the opposite of someone like a JT, who I'm a huge defender of even on his two subsequent times after uh, Token Chains, whereas like his legacy's kind of dropped because sort of what's subsequently happened afterwards so molly i don't know if she's that type of player i don't know if molly was to ever come back if she could adapt i don't know if we really saw enough of her to really be able to i guess ask that question yeah we definitely didn't see enough of her uh if they ever do an early boot uh an early boot season besides myself She's somebody I would like to see play well, she's out in there. your club now billy she's in the esteemed second boot club so she's she- there with you She's in my second boot club. Uh, <laughs> you know, usually, usually you don't get the best looking person on the on a season in your second boot club, but uh, we'll take her. We'll take. Her. <laughs> yeah, no, yep, that that works. That works. I think. I mean, the the whole blindside aspect of it. Like, I, I like sort of at the end when she's in her final words when she says like. I always watch this show and think, how stupid can you be not to know? And she's like, I had no clue. Like, it was it was one of these perfectly orchestrated blindsides where they obviously didn't know. We had Jamal obviously being a little bit over cocky with his kind of assessment of how things were going. Oh, my God. Poor that, old Jack that, there just on the side. <laughs> um yeah, Jamal, Jam- I like Jamal, but I was just like, oh my god, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, this, just don't do this. Like, he's just dug himself a nice little deep little hole there, I believe. Let me just say for the benefit of all future players, if you do not bring your stuff to Tribal Council, you're begging everybody on your tribe to blindside you in one form or another. Mm-hmm. You're just begging for it. 
bring your stuff to tribal council. Be respectful. <laughs> Even I mean, even Robin Sandra's reactions, kind of when he said like, you know, I don't have my stuff or that, it was kind of like. You know, but even when they're bringing up the, you know, like Propes brings up the whole like, if this is a a car race, you know, what gear are you in? And he's just like, oh yeah, no, I haven't even gotten out of first gear yet. And sort of everyone's like, oh, I'm in, I'm in fourth gear, I'm in sixth gear, like. Yeah, that just little things like that. Like, I mean, it's beautiful from an episode, from an editor's perspective. The editors are loving this. They've, they've got all these perfect, yeah, yeah. you know, quotes to use. But wow, it's just, it's it's hard to watch, isn't it, sometimes? You're like, oh, dude, what are you doing? You know what the amazing part is? It's very rare in any vote-out game that the crash and burn isn't the one that goes. Yeah. Like, this, we get, we, we got a crash and burn, and now we get to have more of him. Yep. <laughs> So, and yeah. but, but even if he survives, like even if it went to plan and Nora went home, like he's still going to go back to camp and have a target on his back because he has been that cocky. It's just, it's, it's. I don't see the logistics in why you would be that way. <laughs> and for the record, for the record, JP Calderon on my season didn't bring his stuff to tribal council <laughs> when, when when I got voted out. It's just my tribe wasn't smart enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, JP, you had Aussie. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's 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 fascinating. But I mean, how do you think now this this turns the tides on this tribe? Obviously, on paper, straight away, Jack and Jamal are straight to the bottom. But I mean, is <laughs> is Nora on on top now? Do you think kind of she's the the base of this? I think Lauren seemed to be the one who kind of instigated this vote so i I don't know where where do you see that structure now that alliance yeah remember we were saying we were saying in our pregame that that laura was probably or at least i was saying it that's probably going to be the all-star from this season and we just got our first glimpse of that play so yeah i totally give laura give laura all the credit and uh yeah she's she's the queen bee right now and uh man all i can say is is she pulled off what many people in many seasons have thought about doing and never had the backbone to actually do, and that's that's take out the uh, the uh, well, for lack of a better term, like they said in the in the show, the cool kids, the, mm-hmm. you know, from the high school alliance, and, and, and just go straight for the jugular and take out the number one person in that in that cool kids alliance. So you know, kudos to her. She got all the all the misfits together. It was like Island of the Misfits toys instead of Island of the Idols. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's also great, like watching someone like Tommy. Obviously, you know, being conflicted in that because Tommy had sort of formed a bond, and then you know he he obviously realized, look, I'm this isn't going to be smart for me to side with them because clearly I'm not. I've not got the numbers. It's better to stay on side with the numbers. Tom, Tommy's definitely an interesting one because he's getting a lot of airtime. He's getting, you know, he's involved in a fair bit of the play here. So Tommy is someone I see going quite deep in this game based on what we're seeing right now and clearly someone who is also playing the game as best as he can and he's adapting. He's doing that ad- ad- adaptation very early on in the game. Well, there was something very telling that he said that uh, he said he he understood the dynamics that was going on that uh, he understood who the cool kids were. He, he, and this was his chance to get in with the cool kids, but he knew it wasn't smart. He knew that for him, for, for, for your, he to go deep, for him to go deep, he would have to get with the, the nerds and the geeks and the, the freaks and geeks, I think is what he called them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I love that he wised up, that he, he took a step back, assessed the situation, and wised up. 
if he would have become Laura's number 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 one lieutenant or, or, or you know her ride or die, I could see that being the final two, and then whomever just happens to be there, you know, play play the fire challenge and is that number third guy, that number three guy that gets no votes. Yeah, definitely agree. Now, before we sort of move into some listener questions and actually rate an episode for once in uh, a week, and we're going to remember <laughs> that, um, we we gave winners picks a couple of weeks ago, and obviously this is kind of the, the tricky part of the, the season when we ask people. I mean, T-Bird had the hardest one, I think, last week, but I'll, I'll put this to you right now, Billy. As of two episodes in, uh, d- d- how's your winners pick? Has it changed? Kind of who, who are you thinking right now? Oh, Chelsea is looking great. She's got an idol. She's in the thick of things. She's uh wow, she's she's making me look real smart right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um yeah, I I I definitely like I'll I'll play the 50-50 split here with a male and a female. Uh yeah, I'm Chelsea definitely if it's a female. Uh I think she's in a good position right now. And just back to what I said about um Tommy, I think Tommy's getting a, a good enough airtime and he's in enough now that I think that Tommy could be in a good position if we've got a male winning this right now. Um, so, yeah. And it's kind of also a shout-out, a bit of a, a, a... We haven't mentioned it at all, though. So Missy, I think, got enough this episode where she's kind of being a bit... She's there. Uh, I, I'm appreciating Missy and kind of seeing enough of what we're getting in sort of this show at the moment. So, uh, yeah, a bit more than I thought we were maybe going to get with Missy as well. Because, I mean, as I think we talked about, her her bio wasn't the most in-depth <laughs> of all right, the bios. Right, yeah. yeah, but she, she's, yeah, she's a lot more present than I thought, thought she would have been. Yeah, I mean, I, with the exception of what you mentioned about Missy's bio not being in-depth, I think... To my pleasant surprise, we were spot on by about several players so far, yeah. Yeah. which which for me is a rarity. <laughs> yeah, very rare. Jesus. I'm doing this for nearly 10 years now, Billy, and um, the only time I've ever gotten a winner correct was in a bloody Australian survivor, and that was only a couple of months ago. So, like, American survivor? My prediction is way off. Um, so... Yeah. So, um, so yeah, our cast assessment makes us look good this, this, so yeah, far. Exactly. <laughs> and you'll all find out in December that we all knew spoilers and we're just trying to sound smart. Um, we don't know spoilers. <laughs> we don't know spoilers. Stop. Don't tune out. We don't know spoilers. Um, now, I've forgotten to do this uh, last week with T-Bird. Our staple of the Oz Network, generally, when we're, we're talking about an episode of TV, is to review an episode. Our review system, of course, buy it, rent it, and bin it. Uh, so I'm going to bring it back this week. I apologize. Last week, I will say that I bought last week's episode. I didn't get T-Bird's vote. But, uh, Billy, what, what are we going to do for, with episode I'll vote two? for her. You'll vote for her? Well, you, I'll okay. Vote, yeah. you give me last I'll, week's I'll, and this week's. <laughs> all right. So last week, I'll say bye. Yep. And, and this week, I'll surprise you. I'll say bye again. Oh, surprise. <laughs> I like a surprise. Um. Yeah, I'm actually going to buy this week as well. I, I kind of went into this thinking that maybe I would rent it, like a strong rent. But I think talking about it and kind of going over everything that happened, I think, yeah, it's it's made me appreciate it a little bit more. And I, I like that when we do an episode on the Oz Network and sort of it, it does sway you a little bit in an episode. But um, yeah, I think there was enough in this episode. Like it, it you had a, a good amount of strategy. The, the Island of the Idols actually was quite entertaining. Uh, we had a, a very good, well-played blind side, which, which worked. Uh, and we've got enough foundation, I think, moving forward with some of these players to, to really keep an eye on. So, yeah, no, I think this was a, a good episode. So I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. buy it as well. Nice. And uh, I'll just say that the challenge this week 
was uh, one of one of the better challenge early challenges in the last several seasons. Yeah. Usually, the first two or three challenges uh, are you know kind of I kind of missed the the the. The, the whole going underwater and having to unclip something and we hadn't had that in a while and and this had so many different nice elements to it the only thing that it was missing was was the uh, the memory part that we used to get back in the day yeah. uh, but I guess that that really happens later in the season when you're starving and, and you can't think straight but uh, yeah I, I still liked it I still liked it a lot it was it was interesting that I mean it was it was spices wasn't it um, but like it's kind of we often in these earlier parts too don't really get sort of food based rewards it's generally you know blankets or a tarp or fishing gear yeah. or something like that so it's a bit that it's a bit weird. odd to have yeah to have some food based ones two episodes in yeah I, I was I was like I remember seeing the rewards they pulled out spices and stuff I was like wait what they're not even hungry yet like let them starve a little first come on been there for six days (laughs) Uh, if anything i you know i would have liked to have uh have seen them get like a like a like fins and a a hawaiian sling make them work for it like like burn some energy make them tired when was the last time we even had a hawaiian sling as a reward i can't even remember it's been a while hasn't it uh, you know what? I think uh, the last few seasons they were on a ship that they had the loot, so they didn't really have it as a reward. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah, mm. that's how we got ours in in in, in uh, Cook Island. In fact, I remember I, I went after all of them. I didn't want any other tribe to have Hawaiian slings, so I went after all of them. <laughs> Throw them all so, away, yeah. Do do a Rupert steal the shoes? Do things like that, like prevent the other tribe from getting them. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that that's how it should work. Um, we got some listener questions as always. Thanks to everyone who's sending these in. Uh, if you want to send in a listener question, of course, follow our social medias. We'll update you who we've got coming on for a recap, and of course, you can always send them in via our website, our email, the Oz Network at hotmail dot com, or of course, you can uh, just send them to us direct on our social media pages. Now, uh, Anna asked the questions. Did you guys catch at the end? Nora's hair almost caught fire at Tribal Council as they were leaving. <laughs> I didn't see that. I missed out on that, apparently. Uh, yeah, hi, Anna. And, uh, yeah, I thought she, her hair almost caught fire when she put her torch back after she lit it. And then she started smacking her hair. And I was like, me and my sister was like, uh-oh, Michael Jackson Pepsi moment coming right now. <laughs> I, I need to go back and watch it. I, there was the one hair bit that I saw was um, Lauren gave a bit of the hair flick kind of after she gave a speech at Tribal Council, which I thought it was kind of like, um, was it Michaela that one season when she like she took a sip of a cup or something like that? It was kind of like one of those drop mic moments that people use in a GIF all the time. But um, no, I need to go back and see that. I didn't I didn't catch that one there. Uh, we'll save Granny Survivor for last, as always, because, you know, she's Granny Survivor. Oh. Um, Saxon says, what did you think of the hair hiding idol, uh, Kelly using this episode? We sort of, we sort of touched on that a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a unique thing. It wasn't the bum hole. So it was great. Wasn't it? <laughs> hey, Saxon. Yeah. I, I like that she used her, her hair. Uh, from what I understand, it was actually Sandra that ro- rolled up the bud for her. That Sandra put that on social media. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was the two of them together. I thought it was brilliant. It was risky because as she's getting hugged, somebody might hug, hug her on her hair and it might fall out or they might feel it in her hair or something. So it was, it was risky and I just loved it. I, I, I loved seeing those kinds of little 
things that only only if you were watching from home like could you really appreciate mm-hmm Yep, no, definitely agree. Thanks, Saxon, for that one. Uh, Prudence has a question. Uh, is it just me, or is this season so far off to a fantastic start? It might be the first, the best first two episodes in a long time. Do you think the editing has been good with Island of the Idols not taking up too much screen time? Mm, well, hi, Prudence, and uh, the editing has been has been good enough. I, I, I still stand by if they had an extra half hour, it'd be better. I'm always going to stand by that until I actually get it. And then I'm probably going to criticize it. But uh, <laughs> You will. You will. Again, again, watch Australian Survivor. Like, when we first heard that this is going to be long, you think, like, oh, wow, this is going to be so much better because you're going to get this extra stuff. And now they're just too long. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been entertaining. Uh, this has been great, too. First episodes. Let's hope that they can keep it up because it really is up to the players. Yeah. Um, even even though they got a, they got the big twist of the season that uh, they're hoping to keep it interesting. The twist is good is you know good initially. It always comes down to the players and how exciting they make the game. So let's 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 root for maybe a little less googly eye, but still more <laughs> more more excitement, more shaking up, more the underdogs. Um, taking over the game because we have we really haven't seen that before. So I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for all the things that we're getting of this season, uh, just more of it. Uh, Katie Silas asks, uh, well, she first of all says, Elaine is my favorite player since Lauren Rimmer for being so iconic and an average everyday person. Billy, would you make an alliance with her if you were on this season? Oh, wow. Wow, that's a great, great question. I guess, first of all, I have to be on the same tribe also. Yes. Not just on the season. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I assume that's the case. And, uh, um, wow, that's a tough question. You know what? I do really, really like her, but I have to admit, I have to admit that she had a, such a target on her early on that it, w- it would be scary that first, that first tribal council to be on her side. Mm-hmm. After that, I think it'd be easier but that first tribal council, it'd be scary to be on her side because there was so much talk, so, so much talk about about taking her out. Her name came up so much. So, yeah, it'd be scary, that first tribal. She was very quiet this week. We basically didn't get anything of her this week after that, did we? So, um, well, after... after you just got told your personality is too big, yeah. what else can you do except <laughs> simmer down and say less? What else? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, thanks for that question, Katie. Um, hey, Katie. <laughs> I forgot to say Fab- that. <laughs> Fabronia asks, Billy, on Cook Islands, if you went to exile and found the idol and played it at her tribal council, uh, I-, I reckon his, your tribal council, I- I'm guessing that's what it means, uh, who would you have voted out and blindsided? Well... I love the question. First of all, I love the name for Bronia. Hi. Yeah, great name. <laughs> I love it, yeah. Um, you know what? I think, uh, if you remember on on, on, uh, on Survivor Cook Islands, my vote was against Ozzy. And then when I, I held up the vote, I said it's because I believe he's going to win the game. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of voting someone out is so that they don't win and you have a better <laughs> chance at winning. My tribe did not get that. A lot of former survivors in that era did not get that. Like, I literally had, I love Wanda. I love her to death. But she literally was one of the people that was saying, 
that, oh, that wasn't being a good competitor, and you want to go to the end against the best so you can compete against the best. No, bullcrap. You need to beat them so you have a chance. So, no, I would have played it. I would If I would have had the idol, I would have played it and got out Ozzy because he was the guy that was the most likely to win in my tribe. Well, she adds to that, actually. She says, if it were Ozzy, that would be an incredible night of television for the legendary Billy and Survivor history would change forever. I mean, it legitimately would. If that had happened, the four-time legend that is Ozzy would be gone, probably an afterthought in Survivor. You could have swapped places, Billy. You you could have been the the island goat out there with your long hair and, and coconut finding and hooking up with Amanda and all this sort of stuff. Well, I don't know about hooking up with Amanda and, and the long hair especially, but... The <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I think it really did come down to that, to that one vote was decided who would go to the go to the, the end and who would be the second one out. That was that one vote. And mm. uh, if I had to, you know, if, if, if it had happened in today's Survivor, I could have at least lied about having an idol. I could have made a fake one. Back then, nobody would have bought it. I, I thought about lying and saying that uh, Jonathan Penner had found it because he was the first one at Exile Island and that he lended to me in exchange for my vote down the line. But the more I thought about it, I was like, ah, that's an unbelievable lie. Like, you would have to be a real fan of Survivor and and be a fan of the strategy of Survivor in order in order to believe that. And there was nobody like that on my tribe except for me. But, but Billy, I, I hate to bring this up, mate, but at the end of the day, you also made people believe that you and Candace are in love. So was it really much of a stretch to make people <laughs> believe that? I, I will say, I will say... I wasn't able to play to win, but I was able to play for revenge, and that little <laughs> that little Candace thing worked to my benefit. As soon Good. as Cecilia walked up to Candace, she had wrote her name down and she didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, Fabroni also adds. I mean, this is, I think you sort of answered this one. If you could know the future outcome uh, of Ozzy going into his future seasons, do you still blindside him with an idol? I guess yes. No question. <laughs> no question. No question. Because I'm, you know, no offense to Ozzy. This isn't me trying to dig at him, but you know, I don't play for somebody else. I play for me. I want that spot. I want to be the one that goes back four times and and plays. I want to be the one that that has the career, you know, as a as a survivor player. So yeah, no question. I'm yeah. in it. To, I'm in it to win it, not in it to the to spectate i'm in it to spectate clearly billy that's that's my goal <laughs> uh thanks for bronia um paula asks uh billy if you were in the hot box with boston robin sandra watching tribal council what comments would you have made hmm. hi paula and secondly uh what comments would i have made uh i think number one i would have brought up would have brought up the uh the uh uh the googly eyes a lot, like, like what? <laughs> that would have been a big distraction for me. Uh, and then, you know, I guess you don't really want to say too much because you want to listen. But the, I think the other thing I'd have pointed out was uh, how how brilliant Laura, Laura was to where she was basically the the mastermind of that whole move. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, good point, good point. I like that question. Thanks, Paula. Um, 
Dorothy says, uh, I re-listened to an old Survivor Oz podcast. Oh, sorry, I had to go through that, Dorothy. Uh, with Trish from Pearl Islands, a great underrated player. Want her back. Jeff recognising her at the Grand Canyon years after it ended, proving he must take an interest in all players and doesn't meh once a season ends. Made me want to ask Billy, have you ever had any interactions with Jeff after your season ended? Hmm, that's a good question. That is a good question. I have to think hard here. Because <laughs> um, it's been 13 years, so there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of it that's blurred together. <laughs> all, the, all the partying and everything that's come from being a Survivor celebrity, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say, you know, I, I, I think I've had more interaction with, with Mark Burnett than, than uh, Jeff Probst. So I think, I think... I had a little bit of interaction with Jeff Probst where I, I handed him a, a, a folder with a bunch of ideas of what they could do in future seasons of Survivor, including having the hidden immunity idol be in plain sight, which they used that idea in China. <laughs> so this is how far back we're going. They listened uh, to you. They listened, clearly. They did. They did. Uh, but I think with Mark Burnett, I think I might have over the phone, not, not necessarily in person, but over the phone, I think I've had more interaction. Hmm. Interesting. Intre- on the phone, Mark Burnett. Is it just a Saturday night? He just calls you up and, how you going, Billy? Want to come on the show? <laughs> uh, no. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, there was the 10th year anniversary party where I interacted with both of them. Ah. So, yes. Uh, yeah. What, I'm what is, pre- does Jeff remember? Does, does Jeff turn around and be like, how's Candace or, you know, something like that? No, Jeff. Uh, Jeff actually called me. Uh, he or uh, not called me, but uh, he 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 uh, he flagged me down. He was like, "Oh, Billy!" And then I turned around. And there's Jeff, and I was like, "All right, like, let's talk to Jeff." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have actually heard uh, from a lot of the players that I've interviewed over the years that he is very like he remembers pretty much everyone. Like uh, that, I remember that Trish story, and I think there was another player mentioned that they were just walking in Hollywood somewhere and. Jeff Probst was there, and, and like straight away he just came up to him like, "Hey, how you doing?" And it wasn't like that was Boston Rob or Poverty. Like this was just maybe you know a, an earlier boot or something. So I, I always appreciate that aspect of Jeff that clearly he he remembers enough or respects enough people to to actually acknowledge their because I mean you know he's he's dealt with more than five hundred of you, so you know I'm, yeah, he's, he's yeah, got a lot no to question. remember. Well, I do appreciate that at the ten year anniversary they had this reel playing. On all the TVs that surrounded the uh, the event, and my my uh, travel council moment with Jeff was part of that loop. So it was. Well, he had one of the best reactions. One of the one of the best Jeff Probst reactions ever came from your reveal of being in love with Candace. Like he's like literal shocked moment. Like that's one of my favorite Jeff Probst reactions. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people like that reaction. It was probably his biggest reaction of all time. Yeah, um, yeah but it, it it just shows that. Uh, uh, at the ten-year anniversary, when they were showing that in, in part of the loop, that they consider it one of the moments of Survivor. So I, yeah, I don't think they'll ever forget me. Is I think it, I'm, I left a permanent scar in their minds. Is there talk <laughs> or sort of whispers of a twenty-year anniversary at all in the lead up to season forty? Do you know of? Uh, most Survivors believe there's going to be. Uh, as for when uh, Survivor hasn't tipped their hand at all, but then. If it's anything like the uh, like 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 the ten year anniversary, we really won't hear about it until about February. Interesting, because I I remember uh, all the lists got leaked of kind of how many of you guys went to that ten year one, and I think from memory was Vanuatu uh, was the only one where everyone was there, obviously with the exception of heroes versus villains. But I think 
was it Thailand had everyone except for Heidek go there? Like there was a couple of like really full seasons of a lot of people going. There was a couple of only you know a few that went. But um, it'll be interesting now with bloody what thirty nine seasons in the lead up, forty if you include your winners. Like uh, that would be an epic party. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The best part of the party is that uh, all the food and drinks were free. <laughs> like they were, you had a lot of survivors hammered like crazy. If you ever go on YouTube, there's this great video where you see a bunch of us on the dance floor with uh, Jonathan Penner was there, Dave uh, uh, Ball was there. I, I, I'm forgetting like everybody. Oh, uh, Jolanda Jones. We were all on the dance floor, and it is the most ridiculous dance that you'll ever see. But that's because we were all hammered. Like we were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now, Bill. If it happens. You know, I'm going to be messaging you, like, Billy, you are the Oz Network's reporter at the Survivor <laughs> 20 anniversary party. I'm going to get you to, to record and film and get interviews with people. I, I, want, a, I want an on-the-fly experience for us to share with our, our listeners. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to sound something like this. I'm Billy Garcia, and uh, I'm the, the network, and, and, and you'll be like, Billy, the party isn't for another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you keep that up, and I want you to go back. I want you to, the one main video is go to probes. And be like, probes, hashtag bring back Billy, say it on camera, and then boom, <laughs> start a movement. <laughs> no, bro, I'll be like, Jeff, I was wrong. I was wrong. It is you I love. I love you, Jeff. I was wrong. I'm Perfect. sorry. Perfect. I would I would pay good money to see that. Um we will close it off with Granny Survivor who says Hello dears, another great week of Survivor. I love Island of the Idols, not so hard on it because I adore Boss and Rob and Sandra's tribal council reactions. Oh, and isn't Janet such a star? I love her to bits and hope she goes far. I want to know how our legendary Billy Garcia and Ben would go with this week's Island of the Idol test. She has another true or false game. Now, I'm not going to play because I can see the answers, so um, oh. sorry, <laughs> Granny Survivor, I'm not going to play along with this, but basically I've got five questions for you here, Billy. It's true or false. It's that simple. Uh, and let's see if you know these answers. On Survivor Amazon, this is, is this true or false? When Dave asked Matthew which leader he relates to, Matthew said Colin Powell. I'm going to go false. It's true. He did say that. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I so I ignored yeah. that. <laughs> that moment. Another Amazon question. Granny, you must have been watching Amazon this week. Uh, Heidi and Rob C got into a fight because she and Jenna were upset with Rob C for backstabbing Alex at the previous tribal council. Hmm. I'm trying to remember if they had a fight at all. If they had a fight, then that would help me. Uh... Um, I'm going to go false with that one. You are correct. It was actually Jenna and Rob who had the fight. There we go. Yeah, yeah. those two were always going at it, even though they were on the same side. Another Amazon question. Uh, Matthew uh -oh. from the Amazon was named People Magazine's, one of People Magazine's 50 most eligible bachelors in 2002. You know what? Uh, I'm going I'm to go with true because he got a lot of press. It is true. He was. Um, you, you came in at 51, right, after Cook Islands. Uh, you just missed out. <laughs> Actually, uh, VH1 gave me a, a, an award for uh, 
the second most memorable moment of that year. And TV Guide gave me the I Love You Award for, ah. for the most memorable moment of that year. Yeah, Nice. Yeah, I'll take that. Number four, I actually, I would know the answer to this question. Uh, I'm just saying, um, just bragging for some reason. In the, in the 2001 movie, Scary Movie 2, Sue Hawk was mentioned as being an unholy bitch kicked off Survivor, possibly due to her villainous approach in her first season. Hmm. I, I saw a scary movie. But it was so long ago. You know what? I'm going to go with true, even though... Uh... It's false. Now, the actual answer is Jerry. Jerry was mentioned in that. Um, uh, and I remember that vividly, because obviously I was a huge Survivor fan, so when they put that, I'm like, oh my god, a Survivor reference in Scary Movie 2! Um, so, yeah. No, it was... Uh, wrong pl- right, right move, wrong play. Final one. James Clement had one of his unused hidden immunity idols from Survivor China as a luxury item on Heroes vs. Villains. That's a false. That's a true. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised they had luxury items on Heroes vs. Villains at this point. (laughs) Yeah, like, do they still have luxury items? I thought that was a long gone moment from this show. Yeah, that's what I was, that's why I said false, just because of that. Mm. Oh, well, see, I wouldn't have got the idol. I'd have lost my vote. You had to get three. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Sorry. No, you, you lost your vote. No no suit for you. Billy, always a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. I'm sure we'll probably even get you on again this season, let's be honest. But uh, always a pleasure to have you on here to talk about this show. And any any other time, you're always welcome. And uh, I, I don't usually support this team, but I'm just going to say it for your benefit. Uh, go Yankees. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I always love being on, on, on the Oz Network uh, uh that year where I got to be the, the, the host was actually very fun, very memorable, a, a bit nerve-wracking, I'll admit, especially when it came time to, to, to do the, the whole behind-the-scenes working with the editing, but I still had a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, Your check's still in the mail for that, by the way, Billy. Your, your, your royalty <laughs> check, it's, it's, it's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But I do appreciate being on. Thank you so much. And a massive thanks to Billy, as always. Such great fun having Billy on the show and always a lot of fun to be had. And thanks, everyone, too, for sending in the listener questions. We always do appreciate it. Next week, we'll have another former contestant. Who that will be, you'll have to find out by tuning into our social media. Hit us up on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And you can, of course, find us on YouTube, although we don't post that often to YouTube, unfortunately. Uh, subscribe to all the relevant podcast channels. There's Spotify. There's Stitcher. There's iTunes. Leave us some feedback. We really, really, really would appreciate that. And uh, let us know your thoughts of Survivor Island of the Idols. Of course, outside of Survivor, we do have plenty of other coverage of other shows. We have Lost. We have Third Watch. We have our Terminator recaps happening at the moment. We also got a Star Wars one starting in only a couple of weeks too. So get very much excited for that. And we will also have a movie review coming up this weekend. We went and saw the movie Joker. And uh, it was an interesting one. So uh, stay tuned for that one as well. But thanks for tuning in to the Oz Network. Thanks again to Billy. Thanks for you for listening. And we will speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.